0: Hello and a very warm welcome to the OneSparks podcast. In today's show, we are going to look at a rather large subject, but one that is likely to affect every single one of us, namely the future of the internet. You may have heard the term metaverse being bandied about and you may or may not understand what it means. It's the term chosen by the experts for the next iteration of the World Wide Web. But what does it mean and why should we care? As I said, it's a big subject, so with me to discuss it is a OneCom expert, Nicola Grosvenor Hagen. Nicola is head of new business lead gen at OneCom and has been in the industry for 15 years with the most envied lead gen team in the country. Nicola is a mental health first aider, a lead for the newly created Futures Working Group at OneCom, and has a keen interest in how technology is rapidly changing how we communicate. The lead gen team need to stay bang up to date with all the very latest industry knowledge and technologies to advise prospective clients. And as part of her futures role, Nicola is helping to advise the OneCom executive leadership team on the direction of technology. So Nicola, sounds like you're very well qualified for this uh, podcast, which is obviously why we got you on to talk about the future of the internet, but let's start off by defining what we mean by metaverse? Because I think a lot of us are a little confused by the term and perhaps we hear it, but we don't really know what it means.
1: Thanks, Dave. Thanks so much. Um, Yeah, well, I mean, I'll try. Um, In simple terms, I guess it's the internet, but in 3D. A new kind of environment that brings together a variety of products and technologies, uh, like virtual landscapes, full interactive realities and decentralised applications. Uh, think of it like a bridge or gateway between real and virtual reality.
0: That's uh, that's an interesting definition, isn't it? Because because I think you know, obviously we've all heard of virtual reality, we've seen the 3D headsets and all that sort of thing. But I suppose we never really kind of connect it, or I didn't connect that to the internet. So what you're saying is we're kind of bringing those two worlds together in a way.
1: We are, and there's many things to gain from this sort of new world. So I mentioned decentralised applications uh, just then. So, I mean, essentially that's uh, applications that can operate autonomously. Uh, So there's a a need for sort of greater control over how we communicate and operate and how our data is owned. Uh, For example, a smart contract runs on blockchain. Blockchain increases trust, transparency, security and traceability of data when transacting. The benefit is the digital information is recorded and redistributed, but can never be edited. People are starting to opt for smart contracts due to speed of delivery. Uh, They can decrease the overall vagueness of conventional contracts, which is normally what slows that whole process down. Traditional contracts are formed by sentences, whereas smart contracts use computer code. So when two parties enter into a smart contract, they are automatically agreeing once the terms expressed in that contract are met.
0: So that's very interesting what you're saying about the ones and zeros, the digital code and stuff making up the contract. And I suppose that leads us on to the fact that the metaverse I think has been described as this all-encompassing digital world that exists parallel to the real world and and you know and that's a that's a slightly That's a sentence that kind of rings a few alarm bells for me, perhaps because of my age. But what are the pros and cons of the metaverse for business? Uh,
1: Well, the truth is no one really knows yet. They're valuing it as a multi-billion, potentially trillion-dollar market. So we'll likely see new revenue streams for businesses and more cross-collaboration between software, services, uh, dedicated video collaboration and hardware. For me, however, the biggest thing to gain will likely be the enhanced collaboration that we'll see, which will touch many business types regardless of sector. The utilisation of technology has already been turbocharged by COVID. We're choosing virtual meetings in favour of those long and boring commutes for face-to-face meetings. So I think generally there'll be a positive attitude towards the metaverse and the opportunity that brings for greater collaboration and social interactions. Whether it will be seen as breakthrough or transformational or we can get our head around it quickly enough is yet to be known. And like with any technological advancement, sometimes we're reluctant to move with that change at first. I mean, let's not forget many people thought the Internet wouldn't take off. Saying that, they are predicting five billion users working, playing or meeting up there by the end of this decade. So it's not something to be ignored.
0: Yeah, that's interesting what you're saying about the, you know, when the internet came along people were sort of saying well why do i need this you know my my life is fine without it you know why, why should i care and i suppose that's that's kind of where we are perhaps now with the metaverse people are saying well you know everything i do now on the internet Works okay, and you know. So why do I care whether I can do it in 3D or not?
1: Yeah, I know. And we've, you know, we've adopted virtual meetings already. I guess the shift, however, in our working culture means that those everyday encounters that would have historically taken place in an office and in person are being replaced with virtual experiences like Teams, uh, Zoom, Google Meet. Uh, they're more of the more popular solutions that were rapidly deployed by businesses. But there's a need for much more personal and connected interactions, I think, between people uh, than what we can get from a web 2 or a a 2D internet world. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, employers are increasingly seeking out new ways to stay connected to workers, especially in light of our new ways of working. And the metaverse can potentially provide a much more immersive experience than those uh, muted 2D squares we've all got so used to. This will cater for more social encounters and ultimately a higher level of engagement and collaboration, hopefully. The best bit is these virtual spaces don't have to have the same set of rules as our current physical office spaces either. In fact, so far, the top two requests in designing these environments have actually been outdoor spaces and vistas. There's also been particular attention um, on the use of biophilia too. So that's the innate human instinct to connect with nature and other living beings. So we're talking the sound of water rippling or the sound of grass and trees moving inside a virtual collaborative space. Imagine colourful outdoor settings where we can walk together towards a meeting that's about to start whilst making small talk. We're also seeing businesses inducting and training people with VR headsets and sectors such as architecture and construction are now using them to drive efficiencies when surveying or assessing creative designs. Believe it or not, we're probably not that far away from welcoming holograms into our physical working spaces, too. Uh, And that might blow our minds now. But think about the next generation of workers. They're interacting in this way already. They socialise in the metaverse, they play games in the metaverse, they exchange pocket money for V-Bucks in Roblox. So yeah, I think we're moving with speed towards a great physical digital convergence or the phygital world as I've recently seen it described. Technologies like AR, VR, blockchain, 5G, edge computing and artificial intelligence all aim to bridge the physical and digital world. I can imagine there'll be enormous opportunities for branding and advertising, a whole new virtual economy selling virtual assets, and the creation of more jobs and major efficiency gains. It
0: does sound very interesting, and, and obviously all, all that stuff you mentioned, and the, and the fidgetal—I think you called it—world. Uh, not sure I like that word, but we'll let uh, But
1: yeah, we have we have a need to to merge worlds. Yes, we do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's a particularly strange one. I, I wonder
0: whether there's a. De- I mean, you talked about you know, obviously we're already doing all the virtu- all the you know, the meetings on Zoom and Teams and all that sort of stuff. And I just wonder whether all of this stuff. Is there a danger that it could be distracting, you know, if you're sitting out in a field doing your meeting or, your, or, or around a swimming pool or something like that, you know, in your experience of seeing some of these future technologies, do you think, do you think there could be a danger that, you know, we, get, we take our eye off the ball of what, why we're actually there?
1: I think we've lost a lot of that engagement. We've realized the potential and the benefit of of agile working. But, you know, cameras are slowly going off one by one. And actually, you know, the question is, is how distracted are people working from home? Um, So remember, these are immersive environments that are supposed to stimulate creativity and, and collaboration. Uh, and kind of blue sky thinking. So I think I can can see potential benefits to gain from that world simply evolving from what it is today.
0: Okay, so let's move on to perhaps some of what you might call unintended consequences, which there often are with technological developments. Uh, And the one I'm thinking of particularly, especially with your expertise as a mental health first aider, is mental health. Because we often uh, sort of associate use of the internet, particularly gaming and stuff. There's always a bit of controversy around that, isn't there, with our kids and stuff. So are there any consequences? Are there things we need to look out for in mental health terms with this technology?
1: Yeah, I mean, as a mental health first aider, it is something I've questioned a lot. I think mental health will be positively and negatively influenced, truthfully. It really depends on people's circumstances. For some, it will be a move in the right direction, going from working in isolation at home, potentially living alone, into a more sociable working experience. And for others, it might be a move away from those physical interactions. Some of the other cons to consider will also include the requirements for more advanced tech and gadgets. So we're talking VR headsets and haptics, for example. We're also yet to see how employee privacy and regulation will take effect.
0: There's the technology aspect. There's, I suppose, there's the connectability issue as well. You know, do you, is your internet good enough to support this sort of stuff? Depending on what part of the world you're in, and, and whether there are costs involved in that. So, there are issues about a level playing field here as well to consider.
1: Yes, absolutely, and we still need to make some, you know, huge advancements in our connectivity capability in this country. You know, looking at this more globally. Will everyone have access to this sort of evolution of technology? And, you know, we need to consider even, you know, global warming in the environment and the fact that, you know, some countries are getting incredibly hot. And actually, are we going to see an organic shift into these sort of working patterns with more people working in a kind of virtual space than in real life?
0: So you mentioned uh, global heating and uh, climate change there. And I'm wondering, are there any implications with this technology for the amount of energy we're using? I mean, has anybody done the maths, I suppose, in terms of, you know, the extra server farms or the processing power that's required at the other end or indeed in our local computers? And how does that balance against perhaps the saving in commuting or heating offices in the winter for meetings and that sort of thing?
1: yeah i mean there are positive environmental aspects of the metaverse as you just said you know people are going to travel less for business uh, and in fun even Um, but so this will decrease pollution However, it does have its downsides as well. So, you know, analysts are worried that the influx of greenhouse gas emissions used to power these large data centres for the use of sort of AI and cloud services are going to use a huge amount of energy. So, yeah, that's definitely something to keep an eye on as well.
0: So I guess when we think about this stuff, the virtual world and all that sort of thing, it can be used for anything, not just work, obviously, uh, you know, I don't know, sports, cinema trips, whatever it might be. So do you have any sense of how it could alter our, our actual lifestyles as well as our working patterns?
1: Yeah, I mean, again, there'll be pros and cons, I'm sure. Uh, For people living and working in isolation, as I mentioned, this new iteration will provide more social interaction and reduce feelings of loneliness. However, on the flip side, will we see a further freefall into actively less in-person interactions? When you consider how we've developed our communication in the last few years, we haven't evolved for thousands of years to use 2D interfaces. So, you know, arguably an immersive 3D environment is a more productive and intuitive way to communicate our ideas with each other whilst keeping efficiency gains um, from working from home. The future really is already here, we just don't see it utilised everywhere and by everyone. For example, holography is here already and there are huge gains from it. We can see a 30 to 50% increase in memory retention from a holographic video, for example. In the years to come, I don't think it will be unusual to find holographic displays in maybe high-end retailers or behind reception desks. If we look at how long it took for legislation to catch up with the internet, I'd like to think we will have more knowledge to go off in considering impacts on fundamental problems from the mobile and cloud era. So we're talking data security, regulation, misinformation, radicalisation, harassment and trolling, that sort of thing. I think we'll see more access to previously inaccessible events, perhaps a virtual ticket to the World Cup, a ticket to see your favourite artist performing in residency in Vegas, or the opening night of Broadway for a show you're desperate to see. Not only that, but attending with friends or relatives that live far away from you. This is the nice side of the potential of the metaverse. We don't want to replace in-person interactions in favour of this, rather open up possibilities that were harder before.
0: So, Nicola, I wonder if you could talk to me a little bit about how you foresee the metaverse and VR revolutionizing customer experience.
1: Well, I think metaverse enablers across connectivity, infrastructure, interface and experience platforms all coming together will have an opportunity to create new ecosystems for the end user and that will largely affect their experience of the metaverse but the exciting part will be the retailers who use this space to stand out and do something more creative there's lots of brands jumping on the bandwagon early on but if we're patient there's an opportunity here to rethink strategies and adapt this will likely become another channel in the CX omni-channel model, yes, just like when we moved to Facebook Messenger and chatbots. It's the personalization that will likely give the competitive edge, however, not to mention the efficiency. We also need to expect evolution here. Facebook and Twitter aren't the same platforms as when they were first introduced.
0: And how should businesses approach this? I mean, how do they embrace it?
1: Firstly, consider target audience and that virtual first experience as a customer journey. Learn from others doing it badly, maybe. There's plenty to gain from understanding how we can build on chatbots and their failure to meet customers' complicated needs alone. If businesses get this right, I think this new storefront could create more meaningful experiences that drive customer loyalty and retention. It may open new revenue streams for sales too, Uh, For example, if I can virtually walk into a car dealership and check out the latest car in any colour and look inside or uh, walk around a hotel I'm considering in another country before booking, imagine the impression that would make on the ease of doing business with that brand. After leaving my meeting, will I pop into a restaurant chain and order my meal for delivery in the physical world, all without having to leave this environment? It's about a connected experience and leveraging the opportunity to reimagine the possibilities.
0: Nicola, thank you very much for this discussion. It's been very, very interesting. I wonder before we finish whether I could ask you a slightly more personal question, and that is, if you could meet an avatar of someone, past or present, who would you choose to meet and why?
1: That's a hard one. Um, If we're talking limitless possibilities, I guess perhaps myself when I'm elderly. Um, So what wise words would I give myself? What did I wish I knew then, i.e. now?
0: And what would that advice be?
1: Um, don't overthink it.
0: (laughs) You've been listening to the One Sparks podcast, brought to you by OneCom. I'm Dave Harris, and I've been talking to Nicola grosvenor Hagen of OneCom about the metaverse and the future of the internet. I hope you've enjoyed her expert insight. For more information, please see our show notes for a link to our website at www.onecom.co.uk forward slash podcast, where you can find out about everything mentioned in today's episode. If you've enjoyed the podcast, then please subscribe and share with your friends and colleagues. In the meantime, stay safe and thanks for listening.